0: the start of a new worship series that's going to run right through October and November and will culminate in Advent. And I don't know if you're aware, there's a lot kind of going on in our nationwide scale right now. Um, you may have heard about an opportunity to make some decisions coming up. And in light of that, the conversations that happen between, you know, church members do talk about things other than Jesus. In light of conversations that were going on, I had the incredible blessing of insight from one of our worship team. And this person said, you know, there's so much going on politically right now, and it's getting really nasty. It's not only getting nasty between our candidates, but it's getting nasty between their supporters. And that's true. I have felt that. I don't know that you can be on Facebook right now and not feel that. And so in response to that, uh, we felt the Holy Spirit starting to say, you know, I have things to tell you about division and decisions and unity. And so our worship series is going to focus on this, not only laying the ground for how Christians can look at making decisions, but what do we do when we are divided and how do we move forward with unity in light of the fact that there's going to be a major election in this country and somebody's not going to be happy. So we want to be prepared. And I believe that God has given us many sufficient things to help us feel prepared. So with that, I invite you to hear these words of 2 Timothy 2, 8 through 15. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, a descendant of David. That is my gospel, for which I suffer hardship, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But the word of God is not chained. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, so that they may also obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is sure. If we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Remind them of this and warn them before God that they are to avoid wrangling over words, which does no good but only ruins those who are listening. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved by him, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly explaining the word of truth. This is the word of God for the people of God. God. Amen. So I'm not a fan of talking politics from the pulpit you will never hear me tell you for whom to vote. I don't feel like that's my purview, nor something I would like to engage in. But I do want our Christianity to be one that speaks to what's going on in our culture. I want my faith to be relevant, and I'm going to operate from the assumption that you do too. And because of that, I think it's appropriate for us to look at the ways, and sometimes they are so subtle in Scripture, that God is telling us what to look at And where to focus our attention. We're called to be Christians. People who have Christ in our hearts. And who have Christ enlivened in our lives. Is Christ living through the way that we speak and we act? The decisions that we make. The way we order our calendar. Is Christ readily present and viewable? Is God made more tangible for those who encounter and interact with us. Because of the way We order our lives. And in 2 Timothy, one of the pastoral letters of the Bible, we find that the author is encouraging other Christians to stay focused. There are many things that compete for our attention. And in a world that has started to see a shift from physical persecution to verbal persecution, I believe that Christians have to be willing to stand up for injustice that there are times where it has become socially acceptable to say things and to attack people with words that I believe makes Christ mourn. I believe that even when we disagree, Jesus wants us to look at the other person as a beloved child of God and to see deep within them that there is the spark of the divine in every human being from the time of their creation. And remember especially within the life of the church, that when we are talking to another person, we might just be talking to someone who was baptized with the Holy Spirit, someone with whom the very presence of God is embodied. And that deserves honor, respect, and dignity. And when we engage with another person, we need to make sure that we're focused on preserving their dignity and speaking the truth in love. It's not just about telling somebody what we think or what we believe to be true, but instead using love as the vessel by which we communicate truth. You can tell somebody the truth in many different ways. One of my son's favorite ways is blunt and brutal. He's seven. So one time I had an order of shoes come in, and I'm trying on the shoes, and my son's standing there, And he's watching, and he goes, I like those, I like that, I like that, and then he stopped. And I was like, you don't like those? And he goes, no. And I said, why don't you like those? He goes, that color is horrible. (laughs) And this was last year when mustard was seeing a resurgence in fall colors. (laughs) And I was like, "Um, those are mustard, and that is the hit color of the season. And he said, it's ugly. Nobody likes that color. Nobody. And walked away. And I went, I like that color. I like that color. That was rude. Go to your room. Because the truth is that, yes, he doesn't like the color mustard. Probably doesn't help that he doesn't like mustard. And he is entitled to not enjoy those shoes. Totally entitled to that. I will accept that. Could he have told me in a nicer way that he didn't like my shoes? Probably. Probably. And don't think I don't rub it in his face every time somebody compliments me on that pair of shoes. You know, he hates these shoes. Doesn't like this color. Instead, I think that it's one of those moments where I had a conversation with him about, it's okay to disagree, especially if somebody asks you your opinion. Do you like these shoes? No, they're not really my thing. I can see why you like them. I can see how other people are attracted to that, but it's not really my thing. That probably would have gone better than nobody likes that color. Nobody. And yet, here I'm trying to raise a Christian. I should be doing better at this point, don't you think? I should be trying to raise a Christian, and I'm encountering the humanity Right? There's something in us that wants to not only state our opinion, but wants to state it with all the divine authority within us. Right? Wants to state it as an unequivocal fact. And at seven, he can still feel that. Imagine when he's 37. Right? It's not that we get older and have more to say, ever. Instead, it's a recognition of how do we control our impulse to lash out verbally, and why? Why? It's not just the mechanics of learning to control ourselves, but understanding that there is an incredible purpose behind it. That we can disagree. And quite frankly, I think that we should. There are plenty of times where I thought I had the answer, and I have gone into discussions with other Christians, and I came to find out that I had a piece of the answer, but I didn't have it all. And that there was other parts of divine truth in other individuals and that when we talk and we disagree and then we figure out together what it's supposed to look like living in community, we all came out better. I suddenly saw things that my own experience or my own lens through which I see the world or just my position as clergy would never have allowed me to see. And because we engage in the conversations, because we do so with respect and honor, and because ultimately at the end of the day, I am talking to people that I love and that I want to love me as Christ first loved us. We enter into conversations and we have to be careful. Even the author of Timothy says, be careful to avoid wrangling over words. It does no good, but only ruins those who are listening right? Listening. One of the things that I've been doing lately is going down to the downtown mall and sitting outside on my days off and I've just been people watching. It's fascinating. It's like live TV. And listening. And sometimes I hear wonderful things. Sometimes I hear things that make me go, yes, God, there's still hope for us. Sometimes I hear things that utterly break my heart. I have listened to people make fun of other people. I have listened to some groups make fun of an individual who is not even part of their group. And one of the most disturbing things I've heard were two people complaining about their church in public. And it wasn't this church. But it was heartbreaking because you know what? I'm hearing it and other people are hearing it and they're thinking, this is why I don't go to church. Because they can be nasty in church. They can be hypocrites. They act like they want to worship God, but instead all they're doing is tearing each other down. No, I have no doubt that those two Christians thought that they had the anonymity of, pub- of public life, right? Nobody knows who we are. Nobody can trace this back to my church. But the problem was that without identifying their personal name, they identified themselves by Christ. And that being members of a church and being Christians, they took on a whole other persona. And whether we like it or not, as Christians, when we come out into the world and we speak, people are taking what we say and what we do and they're projecting it onto the cross. The way we talk to one another can either bring glory to God or it can detract and actually bring down the image of our Savior. We need to be cautious of that. And I hear it in children, I hear it in youth, but mostly I hear it in adults. And I think that we are modeling for not only the younger generations, but for one another what it means when we say that I want to speak the truth in love. There are times that speaking the truth means silence. There are times when speaking the truth means acknowledging. I don't really understand your point of view. It doesn't resonate with me. I don't have a point of reference for it, but I can see that you're pretty passionate about it. Can you help me understand how you came to that position? And we're in a time where right now it feels like you have one option, right? You're either with us or you're against us. I mean, I'm watching people on social media say, if you don't like how I'm voting, unfriend me. And I'm pretty sure that's not really consistent with the gospel. Might know a thing or two about that. I'm pretty sure that Jesus didn't want us to use secular things to destroy relationship. Because regardless of who wins this election... Regardless of the kind of government we have in the United States, Jesus Christ is still Lord. And regardless of what happens, every human being is offered grace that Christ gave us first from the cross. And nothing is going to take that away. But the way we behave with others makes them feel deprived of that truth. If people think that Christians are hypocritical, that they've destroyed the understanding of piety, that they all believe that they're self-righteous, then they are going to stay away from us and they are going to distance themselves from Jesus Christ. And I don't know about you, but the last thing I want to do is stand before my maker and my creator, my redeemer on the day of judgment and say, yeah, I was probably keeping more people away than I was bringing them in. That instead of offering grace, I deprived people of it. I don't want my words to be that way. I want people to see a church that means safety, the true meaning of sanctuary. That here you are not judged because you're of your political affiliation, here you are a child of God, and nothing takes that away from you. Here, I can disagree with you. Because at the end of the day, none of us have it all right. Here, we can find ways to move forward, united not by our place on a political spectrum, but instead by our unending and eternal need for God's grace. And that if we start filtering out people because we don't like the things they say, Eventually, it'll be a church of one because everyone will say something with which we take offense at some point. Everybody is going to say something with which we disagree. Everybody is going to have a slip of the tongue. Everybody is going to embody sinful inclinations in their words. That's going to happen. It happens to me. It happens to all of us. But at the end of the day, are we people who come into God's house getting down on our knees in the holiest of rooms and saying, I have sinned, and I want your grace. And I want it not just for me, I want it for everyone. I want it for all people. Not just me, Lord, but let your will be done for all of us. So I encourage us to adopt a practice over the next Month and a half. I want to challenge you that every time you hear something political, and it'll probably get a little tinged with nastiness, every time you do, use it as an excuse to offer up a prayer to God. That God would let us pause and not react verbally or even mentally, but instead that we could remember that I'm dealing with a human being and I'm listening to a child of God and that they have had experiences that have led them to this place and I have not walked a mile in their shoes and so I'm going to grant them grace, Lord, because I want you to grant me grace. I want us to stop seeing people as political ads I want us to model for the world that mudslinging is not the way of Jesus Christ. I want us to get to the point where Christians can say, it doesn't matter to me who you vote for, but I want you to understand that we're all in this together. That we are in this together. And one way or another, we have to find a way to live in community. Because I feel the tension. Do you? Do you feel it? Sometimes it makes me sick. I try to watch bits of debate. And then I think to myself, this is not how I ever want my child to behave. I want people to look and go, you know, I don't agree with her, but I can tell you that she has done good things. And I want other people to say... We are on opposite sides of the political spectrum. Clearly, we don't feel the same way. But I'm not going to use terms like evil and soulless when I talk about my opponent. There are many times in the next few weeks that we are going to see people say things. And I would love to have a church that recognizes when people have gone too far and is willing to say, we can't behave like this. We can't do this. When you watch the way adults behave right now, is it any surprise to us that there is an epidemic of bullying in our schools? When you watch the way people behave around voting, is it any wonder that people are growing to have hatred that they embody in violence in our country? It matters. It matters what we say because those words have come from the heart and from the head. The same things that move our bodies. We can choose to throw fists or reach out in love. The heart and the head control both. So I'm going to challenge us to start looking with the eyes of Jesus Christ. And to listen with ears that want to hear God's voice in every person. We sing songs and we pray prayers. And we listen to scripture that says that God is making all things new. If God is making all things new, then God is at work in every human being. Everywhere. And for some people that work is so small and so incremental that it's hard to see it. Sometimes it feels so insignificant to us that we nullify its existence. And yet the God of heaven and earth who looks down and looks deep within can see that something is happening. Who are we to squander and squelch that? Who are we to not acknowledge that people are being transformed? Instead of critiquing it or denying it, let us encourage it. Let us help people to grow in love and God's truth and not our own. May this be the legacy that begins this day. Today is the day when this church will be celebrating Holy Communion. And... As we move toward communion and coming to Christ's table, I invite you to think about the things that you have said and done this past week. You could certainly expand that to the last time you had communion, but for some of us that can feel very overwhelming, and so I'm just going to focus on the last week. Think about the things that you said that you think back and go, I wish I hadn't said it. But also think about the things that you didn't say that you should have the compliment you didn't give, the edification you deprived another person of, the times when you could have spoken the name of Jesus Christ and you let your lips be still. Think about the things that we have done, whether we intended to or not, that have caused pain and suffering. Think about the times that we have acted from our own will and not God's. And think about the occasions where we should have acted and we did not. With all of these things in mind, let us pray. Christ, you are our Lord and our Savior, our one true King, and you have called all to your table where you serve us. And as we gather here this day, we remember that you invite all here who want to have a relationship with you, who repent of their sin and seek to leave it behind and who want to live in peace with one another. Help us to realize that this is the glorious and grace-filled future that you promised with your life, your death, and your resurrection. As we are here, cleanse our hearts once more. Pour your Holy Spirit upon us and help us to see our mistakes, our waywardness, and our fear. Help us to walk away from the failures of the past and embrace the liberty of the future. Give us your grace once more. Help us to live as redeemed people who model faith, hope, and love with every breath and every beat of our hearts. Take away our shame and give us your glory. May this be done, Almighty God, so that your will will be done in us, through us, and by us. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you found the message meaningful, and we invite you to join us in person as we gather for worship at Crozet United Methodist Church every Sunday at 8.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.croseunitedmethodist.org to learn about ways you can connect with God and your neighbors through the ministries of Crozet UMC. Have a great week.